0: Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining into the Wellspring podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Come on, are you ready for the word? Whoa, I mean, I've been having some great times with the Lord and his word. And he's, you know, I mentioned in earlier that, uh, I've been really asking the Lord, you know, let me hear your word. Let me connect to your word and release some of the old, the things that, you know, you've ever been taught any things and you're like, I know that, but I don't even know where that comes from. Who has those kind of things? It's like you were just kind of raised in it. And and so um, a, a lot of people go crazy with that. In fact, you know, they, they, they uh, but, but really I think there needs to be that the honesty. When you sit down at the Word and you say, Lord, I want to know your truth. I want to know the truth of your Word. Because people, people mess things up. And people overemphasize certain things that need to be balanced. And some people try to balance things that don't need to be balanced, you know. And so, but, but I want to come to his word and say, Lord, what are, you, what are you speaking to us? We want to know the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so I want to know what his, the truth is out of his word. Amen. And so everything we're doing here from our songs to the words to how we do it, it's like, you know, we don't want to just throw it all out just because it might feel religious, you know what I mean? But there's times when you have to go in the room and you have to clean things out. And some who's ever, like you say, you know, we're taking this down and we just clean, take everything out and clean up and then put it all back. You know, and I think there's times when we need to do that with the Lord that we just we just got to go in there and clean all the, there's some things that God maybe did in our life, some revelations that God has given us years ago and we've forgotten about it. And we got to clean up all this stuff around it that's pile on top and get back to our first love. Amen? Amen? Getting back to that first love that we come to him and we, we honor him and we come again like a child. But not that we're just immature, but come, wake up that wonder again. That, Lord, show yourself to me. And why do we think so many people when they get older, they start getting, you know, they start getting hard. You know what I mean? That's because that can happen. But we know that doesn't have to be the case because if you've met Hetty Lou Brooks, we know that it doesn't have to happen. We've met a lot. There's many people in our life that we are the most tender, the most humble, the most, you know, and, and, and that's how I want to be. Anybody with me? Now, thank you again for the, the those that have served. And, in fact, last week I kind of mentioned um, in our quest to serve Jesus. You're not going to get out of serving, you know, and many say, oh, I feel called to the ministry. Really? You're just saying I'm called to service and nobody's getting out of that. And I liken it to, um, those that served in the military. They, when you say, you say, thank you for your service. But yet that kind of service many times has to, you have to be courageous. You have to be Willing to go through hard things, to train hard, to work hard, you know, not be afraid of discomfort. Think about what you learned to join the armed forces and and do that. And yet when they serve, when they do that, we say thank you for your service. And we now are called to service, which is ministry. Serving those around you. Look at your neighbor right there. Whoever's sitting around you. There's, there's the people that you're called to serve. Start with the one. Who am I called to minister to? We'll start with the ones that are next to you. Right? I've ran into a lot of people that are like, I feel called to ministry to this. Here. Well, that's good. But right now, let's just sweep. Let's just get ready. Because there's going to be people in here right now. Let's start there. Start with the ones that are around you. Amen? Last week, if you were not with us, um, you remember what, what I shared? Anybody remember? From the prayer room to the push broom. When you come out of the prayer room and it doesn't urge you and compel you to love others through service, then you've really not been praying. You've not been commun You may have been praying like the Pharisees. You may have been doing a lot. I don't know what you've been doing in there, but if praying if communicating with the Lord, when you come out of that room, if it, if something hasn't changed toward now, you're you're looking for ways to serve and to help, then you haven't been spending time with Jesus because Jesus came not to be served but to serve, and He's the you know it's the WWJD. Anybody still have the? remember the bracelets from way back. What would Jesus do? He he came to serve. And so, today I started to say prayer room to push room part 2. You guys I need I need a creative team that can help me name these things better. I don't know. But today I want to talk about the premise to kind of continue that thought that we get Who likes promotions? Do you like getting promoted? Well, in the kingdom of God, you get promoted to servant. That's like a promotion. You don't get promoted out of that. You get promoted to it. When somebody gets called to ministry and they come up and they get ordained, praise the Lord, you now have a certificate of ordination. You are an ordained servant. Maybe you've got your licensed servant. You know, you get the license. You get the. Remember, I don't know if you've been in church. You know, things that have the the exhorter license, and you get licensed, and then you get ordained. It's like the higher up you go, the the more the the nastier the service may be. Come on now. But time with Jesus leads us to a heart of serving, and I want to just give you a few things to think about. Um, but God has called us to be leaders. To lead somebody. He's called us to leadership. You're a leader, but what are you leading people to do? Maybe your life is is such a mess, you're having a hard time connecting to any message that has to do with you leading anybody, leading anything. But sometimes that's because we have a different notion of what leading is. Leading is serving, you don't get promoted beyond servant you promoted to servant and you don't get a, get out of serving hall pass just because you're going through hard times. Come on now. I, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not really not, I don't want this to come across harsh, but when we start issuing out passes, you're like, well, what do I need to get one of those who remember in school? It's like, what do I need to do? To get that hall pass. Like, who do I need to befriend? You're like, you know, who do I need to, to be able to have that freedom? And <clears throat> as Christians, as those that follow Jesus, Jesus went through some hard times. He, for three years, used rocks for pillows. Amen. And we go through hard times, and, and I get it, and y'all that have been with me know how they are all about Getting you healthy and strong, that God cares about you if He cares for the sparrows he, and the, you know what I mean? He cares for you. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying that God does not care. Right? We've hammered that nail. But the nail that I'm hammering today is that many Christians are looking for reasons not to serve and lead and be and help those around them because of the thing that they're going through. It's that get out of serving hall pass. You know, it's that I, I'm going through this. So when I get when things get better, then I will. And then it. And then the next year, it's it's kind of like you know, you know, Heidi and I, we we had probably maybe three years, three and a half years before we had Chloe. We were married three and a half years. And I mean, if you ask, it's like, well, we don't know if we're ready. You know. I mean, when you feel maybe kind of ready, you're ready. You'll probably never be more ready. You know what I mean? You just, it's one of those things you kind of have to, you know. But that feeling of, well, when I get this lined out, then I will. When this lines out and this lines out, and then you, we've got this failure to launch thing. You ever heard that? And then wasn't there a movie about that. You know, it's just like you just didn't can't commit. You know, they're just you can't go to it. And the life in Jesus, committed to Him, is a life saying, "Lord, I'll serve you," which means serving those around me. And when I said yes to you, Lord, I said yes to that. So you don't really have to wait. If if you can say yes to Jesus, I'll follow you. Then you're you're ready to say yes, Lord. I'll serve and do what you've called me to do. There's not really any other qualifications you need. You don't need to have online Bible school or go off somewhere or have so many hours and or whatever. It's just when you say yes to him, then you're saying yes to Lord, I'll serve you. I'll serve the least of these. I'll give a cup of cold water to a, a child. You know, and so... Our capacity to serve, does it come from the the merits of our deeds? And it also does it come from the smoothness of our life right now? The smoothest my life was was before I said yes to ministry. That was the smoothest my life was. It's only gotten rougher since. The road has only gotten bumpier I liked it whenever people thought I'm just in my 20s, because they didn't ask me to counsel as much as they do now. That's that's the thing. I like looking. Some say I I don't know if you know how old I am or not. But used to I wanted to be known as someone that was older. Now I'm like I just I'm too young. You know. I like being able to say, uh, "You should probably go talk to pastor about that." It's one of the greatest things about not being a senior pastor was being able to say, man, I don't know. You should probably talk to pastor. (laughs) Now, I know that may sound dark. That may sound, you know, okay, you know, things are going to get rougher and rougher. Again, I'm talking about those that would use the, the reason or excuse that, you know, this is not lined up. This is not going well. And so I'm I'm just not ready as in their own reason why they can't fully say yes to following his voice. Amen. Our capacity to serve comes from the goodness of God, not the merit of all the things we've done. Perfect. Perfect. Our capacity to serve comes from the goodness of God. I did see somebody writing that down, so I'm letting letting them finish. The depth of our serving comes from the depth of our relationship with Jesus. Or another way you could say it, the depth of our serving comes from the depth of our revelation of Jesus. It's kind of like the prayer room. You know, you you come in there and when you pray and you spend time with him, you come out of there with a a new revelation of his love for you. And that love will help you love your ignorant spouse. No, I'm just kidding. I know that because she's come out of the prayer room and loved me better, see? (laughs) You spend time with him in the prayer room. And you come out with a new grace for your unruly kids. You come out of that time with him and it helps you endure a hard situation at work. Well, you, you get what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to be funny about this. But we come out of his presence and his grace, his strength empowers us to serve those around us. Amen want to equip us today for ministry. I want to read this scripture just as a reminder, but Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son, growing into maturity With a stature measured by christ's fullness verse 14. then we will no longer be little children tossed around by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning with cleverness and the techniques of deceit but speaking the truth in love let us grow in every way to into him who is the head christ from him the whole body fitted and knit together By every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Amen. So here as we come together, we're equipping for the work of service. That word ministry breaks down into, in its simplest form, it's like waiting tables. Now, if you've been around much, you've heard this idea of like, come to the table, right? Come to the table, dine, dine with me, that we are calling people to the dining table with Jesus. We're calling, and we get to be a part of this. It's like a an analogy or kind of a metaphor of a uh, a dinner, Jesus at the head. And we're inviting people to come to know Jesus, to come you know, who likes to eat with somebody? You know, like, hey, let's get lunch sometime. Hey, let's, you know, invite people over to dinner so you can get to know them. And that, in its simplest form, is what we want to do. We want to invite people to know him. When you come to the table, then guess what we get to be? Like waiters and waitresses. Waitresses bringing the food. Everything we're doing is just so they can talk to him. We may greet him at the door. We may help him be seated. We may help get the food so there's nourishment and all that, but at, at really we want people to encounter Jesus. Amen? So our goal is to follow Jesus and do his will, and as we do that, we become his servants. Amen? Now <clears throat> I got a couple of forks in the road that I could do here but you know here at Willspring our goal is not to be different That's not our goal Our goal is to respond to the Father I had somebody I've had people ask this like well well how is your church different Well I don't, I don't know I'm too busy being at this church to really go to a lot of other churches. I just know what we're trying to do. Well, how are you doing? What sets you apart? Listen, we're we're not a, in a marketing scheme here. Amen. We're not we're not trying to make money and just like you know, we're trying to do his will. We want to do what he asks us to do. Our goal is not even to be relevant. Amen. Right? Our goal, how can we be relevant? Our goal is to preach and share truth, which is always relevant, number one. But again, our goal is to connect with him, and then he'll show us how to, you know, be relevant. Our goal is to become a disciple of Jesus. Disciples of Jesus are the most blessed people because God's full supply is given to his followers. True disciples of Jesus, I believe, are the richest people. And it has nothing to do with how big your bank account is. Luke twelve talks about it, you know, his my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Streets of gold. Those that faithfully follow him will be they they'll have the means to accomplish his will if they submit to him. Bottom line. Luke chapter 12, verse 35, it says, Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whoever whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. I underline that, make it bold. He'll reward the servants who are ready. Don't you see the heart of serving that Jesus has even here? Hmm. Verse 39, I understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You must also be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when we least expect it. Amen. He's called us to serve because he's coming back. Serve, serve your family. Start there. Serve so if you're married, serve your spouse. Serve those around you. Commit to those that are around you. You know, even if you're a business owner, really you're serving those that are working for you. They're getting to feed their family because of you. It's a way they serve. You know, everybody kind of makes the... This, this world, they try to make the people that have businesses rich, make them like they're a bad guy. But they're look at... You find a need and you fill it. And God will help provide when you do that from pr- pure heart motive. Amen? And it will last. You ready to write something down? Okay. One can serve yet fail to know Jesus. You can serve, yet fail to know Jesus. But one cannot know Jesus and refuse to serve. One can serve, yet fail to know Jesus. I've seen people... Busy, 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 they get, you know, maybe from traditions or religion or just different things. It's just like they're kind of like thinking they're going to earn the way to heaven. And we're saying that's not the case. But for those that go in and they meet him, they spend time with him, they get a revelation of his love, a revelation of his word, and then refuse to serve. Hmm. I've also heard it said, I didn't get, the, I got this from somewhere else. I don't remember exactly where. It said if you're too anointed for the mop, you're too anointed for the mic. <laughs> being called into the ministry is being called to serve. Being called into Christian ministry Is for all Christians. In fact, Christian ministry is almost redundant. It's like saying, I'm called to be a serving servant. Because to be a Christian, follower of Jesus, serving, like you're called to follow Jesus, which was, he served. We serve him, but we live a life of serving. In its depth, that's kind of what Christian means. I follow Jesus. I serve him. And because of that, I serve those around me. I carry his name. I give to them. I want to carry this good news. That's the gospel. We serve the good news to those that don't know about it. It's good news. You ever been in a restaurant and the food was out of this world? And you get around your friends, and what do you tell them? Dude, have you ever been down to the you gotta go? It's awesome. They have awesome tacos, or I mean, whatever it is, you want to tell them. And when we start tasting and seeing the goodness of the Lord, we come out of that prayer room, tasting and seeing that he's good, and we experience him, then we come out like, oh man. But when we come out of the bread store that's been Producing the smell of bread, fake wise. Y'all remember? I remember this thing I learned years ago. You ever gone to the mall? I really try to never go to the mall unless it's absolutely necessary. But do you remember in the mall when they do the Cinnabon? I know I was told this about Cinnabon. I guess it's true because somebody told it to me. But they said that you know you know you can smell it from a mile away. You know, that Cinnabon, I mean, it's just like they have a fan blowing throughout the whole mall, just like trying to get you to come. And you go there, and um, <clears throat> I was told that they take a pan of their secret sauce, smell good. It's not even edible. It's not even edible. And they just stick it in the oven, and it just boils and and, and just goes in that smell, and they're just putting in just the smell of that. Goes in the whole place, and it just—it just smells good, you know. But you can't eat it. You Can't eat it. You're getting hungry. But you can, they said, but you can't eat it. Again, you can go fact check me. I don't know. That's what I was told. <clears throat> but I was just thinking, you know, I don't want to be that way as a church. I don't want to just stick something that's unedible. Be like, yeah, we got cinnamon. We have the bread of life. And when they come. Oh no, well, that that was just it's just, you know it's just a lingering smell of it. We've just kind of reproduced the smell of the goodness, but really the goodness is not here. I don't want to be a church that tries to make with atmosphere like Jesus is really moving. See, we don't want to fake that. We don't want to try to produce it like we do we don't come in here and be like, you know, you know, you know when the Lord's really coming on, if you fall out and you shake. That's how that's how you really know. No, we learn in the word that at times the presence of God come. Sometimes they just couldn't stand. I heard it said one time, I was like, why, why do sometimes people fall when you pray for them? Well, because they couldn't stand. It's as simple as that. But, but we're not going to now come in here and say, we're the first church of the religion of the fall. And you know what I mean? We're not, we're not, that's not our goal. Our goal is to lead people to Jesus. And if you look through time, there's all kinds of crazy things how it's responded. But, but the goal is just to lead people to him. And so we start taking these small instances and trying to make a whole movement on this one thing. And it can distract us if we're not careful of just leading people to him. Just living a life. I like how... My pastor said it one time, I don't know exactly when Jesus is coming back and how the end times is going to look, but you should probably stop beating your wife and get a job. <laughs> Y'all know who said that. You know, it, it's like, what does the word say for me right now? I want to obey the Lord right now. Right? We're not going to now be the, you know, read, read the scripture about how Jesus spit in the mud and, and pulled up mud and rubbed spit mud on someone's head. You know what God told? We're going to be the first church of the mudspitters. Like we're going to make a whole denomination of that. Listen, did it happen? Yes, but to start making whole traditions and religions over these certain things is missing the bigger picture. Amen. Lead people to Him. Every person is different. Every purpose. Every purpose for each person is different. Personalities are different. So you have different experiences. But we want to take just an isolated experience and say, well, now, if that doesn't happen for you, then did you really? See, we make the wrong conclusions. Things happen, and that's fine. It's the conclusions that we make from that. that can, Because, you know, our minds get a hold of it. And we try to make wrong conclusions. And Jesus, he, he very, 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 very seldom did anything twice. Amen? And so that tells me, when I hear him say, he, he didn't even, he only spoke when the father spoke. He acted with the father. That means there was a connection between Jesus and his father, even while he was here on earth. God made man. Even he stayed connected. What do I do right now? Next next situation. What do I do right now? Amen. And not depend on competence. Well, I did it just like that and it worked great. No. Prayer room. In there with him that represents connecting with him right. each and every day, so that I will not have love that would wax cold. Right. When your love waxes cold, the first thing you do is you stop serving. You know? Just think of that in a relational thing. You know. Husband, we have we have these these two shadows of our earthly relationships that help us understand that this, it's like an A that help us understand our relationship with God, with Jesus, and that is father to child. Now there is husband and wife. It's for the bride, right? It's just, it's a metaphor for, to help us understand. But we've seen that whenever, when a father gets to that place to where for whatever reason he's lost his love for his family, you'll see him, Stop serving his family. You know, then a court has to come in there and demand. Serve your family. See, that's the first thing that'll stop. In a husband and wife relationship, if one begins to get distracted and they, they, I I like the term fall out of love, but they just stop loving one another, then they'll stop serving one another because they're breaking connection. When there's an emotional break, there's a, you know, that disconnect and they stop serving one another. That's where it starts. And that disconnect normally precedes unfaithfulness. Okay? Marriage relationships don't normally just stumble into unfaithfulness. It's because there's been disconnect. And a fruit of the spirit is faithfulness. That means that as we stay connected to him, in our private time, in our prayer room, when we stay connected to him, our thoughts, our soul, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. See it has to do with our soul, the depth, that's even our emotions and our mind. We're, we're giving that all to him, we're connecting with him. We'll come out of that place. When to serve Him in a deeper way, to serve His kingdom, to serve in this house, Amen. It's the same thing that happens in earthly relationship. We stop spending time. There starts being a disconnect. Things will happen. A divide starts. A little bit of resentment comes. A little bit of unforgiveness comes, and it just starts creating this gap. And the bigger that gap gets, the less serving there will be. And next thing you know. An opportunity arises, and unfaithfulness comes. How could they get there? I've seen people that have served the Lord. They're giving their life wholeheartedly to him. Something happens, they just stop spending time with him. They get distracted by the things of the world. There's a gap. And next thing you know, like, you did what? You know, what happened didn't just happen overnight. It came when there was a disconnect. And so today I'm encouraging everybody that we stay connected to him reading of our word coming to him there's times when I just come in and I just I try to just be quiet and, and just say Lord thank you I just I'll take a moment just thank you what you've done in my life thank you for what you've done thank you that you've forgiven me you know I messed it but thank you and I just begin to thank him Lord what what can I do how can I help I'm just your servant And it's amazing I can come out of that room with a little different attitude than when I went in. Amen. And that is what we're called to do as Christians. Not that everything you can go into that room with a lot of problems, and when you come out, all the problems will still be there. But your outlook and your the the strength to get through it will be totally different. It'll be night and day. I don't know what it is. There's something about I was thinking about this and I'm fixing to let you go. Anybody been on a mission trip before? You know, like you go on a mission trip and, man, you're just like so excited about you know, I mean, I could work late, get up early, work, run. It's just like I've got this. If I did that now, I mean, by 930, I'm just like, it's just time to go to bed. I mean, I'm just, I'm getting tired. I'm like, it's, it's bedtime. But there's something about that, you know, expectation you know and there's just like an extra strength and energy to go through we went to thailand and we came into this one village in the mountains i'm going a little off track here but we we, would, we stayed for three days in the in this jungle village orphanage in thailand and where we had to sleep it was just it was just a wood floor just just a wood floor and it's like this is where you are sleeping if y'all need a pillow There's some pillows and there was these huge trash bags with uh, donated pillows from who knows where. And they were like, like people from Thailand got done with their pillow from the couch. Like different size pillows. That was our pillows. Like, yeah, yeah, like little. I had a little heart pillow I found that looked (laughs) fairly clean. I was like, all right, well, here we go. You know what I mean? But I just remember just it didn't, it didn't affect me so much because I just had such a laser focus on the mission and the purpose and sharing his love to those people. And God did a lot of amazing things. I played so many worship services to these little huts with the ukulele. It was the coolest thing. We were over there, and they had a ukulele. It's the only thing they had. I was like, I'm glad I know how to play the ukulele because it was the only instrument they had. So we did Here I Am to Worship, and I could sing of your love forever. We did some of those old choruses. And and we'd be up in a little hut, little hut on stilts, can't even stand in with 15, 20 people cramming this little thing. And we're in there singing, and there was like four different languages singing Here I Am to Worship all at the same time. I'd start, and then they would know that in their dialect. There's several dialects. In a lot of those areas, it's not just one language. And I was, you know, it was just so cool, and I just experienced a new kind of love. These people, they just love Jesus. In, in, in what we would call a hard, hard situation, but yet they still, there was something about, they, they connected with him, connected with the gospel. And I just experienced such joy even in their hard times, even in their lack. I was like, I got to see where they cooked, and and they didn't have any gas and no electricity, but they had to cook three meals a day. And they'd just go out there and cut, cut some wood and have a big walk cooking up rice and stuff. And I was like, they're just the happiest people. Why am I talking about this today? Why am I saying? Because sometimes our, our standard for comfort, comfort that's not reached is using an excuse not to let our love shine. And I'm here no matter what's happening in your life. If you have a bad situation, we're going to pray that that changes. Okay, we're not saying God sent that. or any, We're not saying that. We're just saying we're going to pray that God continues to move in that situation. But he can give you joy along the way. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen, And we won't let those things stop us from accomplishing God's will in ministry, which is serving. We won't let those things stop us from being Christians, which means to serve Jesus and not let them stop. And I believe that some of the greatest testimonies come from, man, I was in a real bad way and I just stepped out and God came in. And he blew, I mean, the, the spirit wind of God just blew separated this sea we walked right across as a miracle you know and and there's just things that can happen and so you know but if we're inside mullet grub i'm a little too tired to go to church and we're letting those things come we'll never get to the other side amen would you stand with me this morning get anything out of that amen praise the lord let me pray for you across the room thank you lord father i just thank you for my friends Family in the room, I thank you, God, that you, you've called them, Lord. You've called them by name. You know right where they are. You know, right what, you know what they need. And I just thank you, Lord, that you're there ready to meet with them, to have conversations with them. Lord, this prayer is not just one side. God, I pray that we would continue to have this conversation with you. When we don't fully understand, let us come to you. Thank you, Lord, for your word that says when we lack wisdom, we can ask you, and you'll give generously. Yes. Hmm. Some of you in the room you you don't know what to do. The answer is going to come in that prayer room I'm talking about. What does that mean? Just when you go to talk talk to him, Lord, give me wisdom, yes. give me strength, yes. not just the religion of man, not just another denomination not just another thing Lord I want your voice in my life thank you Lord thank you Holy Spirit for speaking to us God I thank you that if there be anybody in here that are they're not living for you I pray that they would turn repent of their old ways and turn to you make you Lord of their life to serve you all their days because Lord we know Those that fully place their trust in you will not be disappointed. Thank you, Lord. Let us be your servants. Let us be ready and willing to give as a response of what you've given to us. God, we love you. We honor you.